0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. We need to get this podcast started sooner. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because as I was hitting the record button, you literally said, "What the hell are we talking about in this episode?" So, um, yeah, I was. <laughs> you wanted to get it started is,
1: sooner. You're like, "Let's th- go."
0: I, I, I well, I I have appointments now. I have a lot of people recording this end of the day on. We a need Friday to get this now. podcast to market. Let's go. Well, that's also what I'm excited about because, man, don't wait. Get shit for sale now, people. All right, look, here we are. We're back. Are we there yet? 29 of 50. No, are, we there? are you going to ask that every five seconds? Because <laughs> if you are, just don't. I could see that look on your face, dude. I know you too well. No, we're not there yet. I'll let you know when we are. All right, so look, Matt, getting to market soon and sooner is important. We have talked a whole lot about building stuff in this series, everything from technical debt, talking about raising capital, buyer build, blah, blah, blah. Really in the end, you did all that so you could go out and generate money. You could generate sales. You got to get it to market. And this is a key component. Now, look, before I get into too much of the secrets of that, I should remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's a company that Matt and I own together. We help companies like yours, build teams of expert developers, and we're really good at it. Go to FullScale.io, fill out the contact form, let's set up a call, let's talk it out. Matt. when it comes to getting to market sooner, well, part of where working with a company like FullScale will help you is you don't have to spend time recruiting and finding top talent. You can focus on creating some, some sales, some revenue, some customer adoption, any of it, because the end goal is to get to market sooner. This is a big problem, dude. This is a big problem for everyone. It's the it, it is it time to launch. Is it time to launch? Are we there yet? Do we build more stuff? Are we, well, are we there yet? Or are we, our we last couldn't episode? Yourself,
1: either, <laughs> we talked about building an MVP, right? And so if you're building a tech business, this kind of goes back to that, right? Like the faster you have something to get in front of a customer the better off you are, because the faster you can learn, the faster you can iterate, the faster you can actually get a viable product that you can sell, the faster you can get to market, right? It's all about speed and urgency. And I work at Netrio now that has over a hundred employees on the CTO and, and the thing that kills me every day is when t- people talk about how many weeks it's gonna take to do something, kills me inside. I think in hours and days or minutes, The weeks thing kills me, right? It's about speed and urgency, getting shit done. I like live there and people probably hate me because I'm always like, now, 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 but the weeks kills me. I hate talking about weeks.
0: Well, here's the thing. You'll sell more stuff with that attitude. Um, You know, overall, it's funny because in life, people, in my opinion, overvalue patience, Patience when it comes to being an entrepreneur is your best friend or your worst enemy and being overly patient with getting something out to market is problematic. Um, in some cases it's deadly. Like sometimes mm-hmm. the first market wins and that's where you see a lot, a whole lot of stuff when new solutions come out, it's often a race. It's a, see, it's a race, can race can to capture market, capture market share. Market, yep. Yep. Capture market share, get out there, get adoption, whatever, because some things are sticky. Well, you look at like Facebook and MySpace. It's funny because I remember when both of those came out, and I was thinking about it the other day because, you know, back in 2008, I, my MySpace page was just badass, dude. I didn't want to get away from it. I didn't want to go to Facebook. There really in the end wasn't going to be enough room for a similar product like that, that everyone would adopt. It would be one or the other. Now, MySpace made it to market faster but Facebook did it. I mean, realistically better. And, you know, so some of that, it's not always the first that wins. It's the, it's the one with the most strategy and sometimes the ability, well, sometimes the the fighter that wins is the one that can make it to the end of the fight. Well, especially, yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're going into a market or industry that's new, say like electric cars or like, 5G, like, okay, everybody's going to buy a 5G cell phone over the next five years. We know that, right? And then it's like, how do we capture the market share and the adoption of that thing? But but a lot of times for a startup, we're little bitty and we're trying to get, you know, a fraction of percentage of the market. So it's not necessarily about, you're not going to, nobody's necessarily going to win the whole market. There's going to be a lot of players in the market and there's lots of room for all of us little fish to survive, right? A lot of times, that depends on the industry we're talking about. But the other big risk that you have around time Is strictly your runway and running out of cash. I mean, that's the other huge part of this, especially if you're um, venture backed or you just ain't making no damn money, even if you don't have you didn't take venture, but you're not making any money. You quit your job to do this and you make no money. And every month, you know, every month your significant other reminds you of the fact that you're not making any money, right? And so you're burning money every month, and that just can't go on forever. And I always you hear me talk about this a lot. When you raise VC money too, you're kind of playing the game of chicken and you're running against a brick wall. You took the money, you have to achieve certain goals by some certain time or you run out of money and you have to hope and pray they're going to give you more money. And so if you don't get to that certain spot that you need to get, you're screwed and you hit the brick wall, right? Like, And so for a lot of startups, urgency is, is really important and getting things done, getting it to market, And getting to those next stages
0: and sometimes you know you mentioned a lot of like tangible structural things sometimes psychologically that's the key i mean you've you know we've both launched software businesses in the past and by the time you finally like collect a dollar it's like praise be hallelujah a year later this day would never come years later but 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 psychologically, that can be a, that can be a real shot in the arm. It can be a real you, boost. Cause, you hear me talk about like you, this a lot. You, well, you mentioned it. it's like that. It's like that spend, spend, spend. Am I going broke? Mentality. Hey, look. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, especially a tech entrepreneur, there's a couple things that I can tell you are, are guaranteed to occur. It starts with waking up at two thirty in the morning with anxiety, wondering if you're going to go broke, if every decision you made is wrong, and if you're going crazy. Those are guaranteed to happen. Did those happen to you, Matt? yeah you're laughing because it it still happens or are you Matt DeCourcy? uh, what (laughs) who walks through raindrops and just makes money yeah I just I that's never happened to me Matt when it rains I literally walk through the raindrops and the ones that touch me turn into little drops of gold (laughs) not true not true but no but the getting to market thing though is like I mentioned like the some of these psychological components you just need to
1: win Yes, the team needs a win, right? That's
0: the a thing. win is a win. We need a, a win. win is a win. Yeah. Speaking of which I, I uh, my wife yesterday was asking me about my daughter's future soccer practice, which I found time to bring up that old Alan Iverson video where he's like practice. We talking about practice, not a game, but practice <laughs> like the greatest video ever is like, yeah, so yeah, th- four year fun.
1: olds but, need practice. The the point, the
0: point is, though, is like you get tired of talking about practice. It's like, when's the game? I want to put I want to score baskets. And yeah, but that that really can be a big shot in the arm. Now, in our last episode, we talked about building an MVP. So the purpose of building an MVP and what rolls right into this episode is let's get it out to market. Now, when you yeah. get things out to market, back to the, the back half of last week's episode, which just go back to last week and listen to that if you want, want some of the keys, is about building a startup MVP. Is you're trying to answer questions. So, like you don't have to all right, move fast and break things, people. It's okay. Like, really bowl in China shop kind of shit when you get out there because you want to see what's standing, what isn't, what's good, what isn't in the end. I will give you one simple bit of strategy. You are trying to find a crack and when you find that crack, your next goal is to shove an elephant through it. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You're looking yeah. for the freaking crack. When you find it, now you're going to shove that damn elephant however it goes, but when you but if you don't find the crack to shove the elephant through, you're just gonna you're gonna keep spending your wheels. You're gonna be losing market share. You're gonna be burning capital, so on and so forth. Now, Matt, with a tech business, is it realistic to think that you're getting a, a, a even an MVP product to market super fast? And by super fast, I mean like in a month or two. I think it
1: depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, at Stackify, we were building something pretty complicated that did a lot of things, and it took us 12, 18 months to really get an MVP out the door that we could charge money for. And if it's a pretty small product, I would say three to six months, maybe to get an MVP, to really get it to market, you know, maybe another three months or whatever, working out the kinks and all that stuff. But a lot of times I'd say six to 12 months is probably a
0: reasonable timeframe, but it really depends on how complicated it is. So, and I just brought that up because you do want to get your stuff out to market quickly, but we talked a little bit during the MVP episode about like having some reasonable expectations. Um, you know, just meaning like, you don't need, if you're really trying to launch a software platform, you shouldn't probably be beating yourself up that it's not at market in two weeks. And, and yeah. yeah, they're like all software businesses are like snowflakes. They're all different. Like oh, it yeah. was highly, comp- highly complex and needed to do a lot of different stuff where the flip side of that, like, you know, we've been talking about gigabook and things like, well, Calendly was a comparison. Cause it was simple. It did one thing. Like you should expect something like a, a one trick pony, to be at market faster that's the reason that you are riding or buying or betting on the one trick pony right absolutely so, yep all right so there i i mentioned uh in the last episode as well i recently asked a question and start a puzzle facebook chat come come join us people just go to facebook type in start a puzzle and come come join our chat group but what are three words that you would give it of advice that to someone that started a new business? Now, here's the thing. First off, you have the best answer startup hustle podcast. Um, but I think Nike of all, of all places gives the best advice. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Jump, build wings, see what happens. Like the worst thing that's going to happen is you aren't going to sell shit.
1: They just say, no,
0: it happens. It happens. By the way, they're going to say no more than they say yes. Absolutely. Right, so, you know, there's something that we haven't talked about much up, up to this episode, Matt, that you've, you've openly admitted over the last 650 episodes of this show in three and a half years that you're more of a product guy yep. than a sales guy on a lot of days. But here's the thing is, do you even know how to sell stuff? So sell anything, get out there, get reps. You have to figure out your process for selling stuff. And you're never going to do that by not selling stuff.
1: And and that's the feedback loop you need, right? Like you're trying to sell it and people keep telling you, I'm not going to buy it because of X, Y, Z. And until you keep hearing that echo, you're not going to solve the problem.
0: But what do you do when you do sell something? You fix that shit now but it, what it, but it just say what well, you sell it what happens when i get an order you know cuz oh. here's the thing in almost every business you nothing ring the really goal. true nothing really happens until you until something is sold like you look at like a Okay. I used to work for a musical instrument manufacturer until I sold stuff. People in the warehouse didn't deliver. They didn't, they didn't send accounting, didn't send invoices, like a whole bunch of different shit didn't occur, but Wait what a are you going to do when you sell stuff? So you got to get better at selling. You're probably going to suck at it at first.
1: What? When you sold one of those expensive pianos at Roland, did you play like a little tune on the piano?
0: Yeah, it was totally, I, you know, it, I have such a, I have a large repertoire. No, uh, you know, what's amazing, Matt, is I really don't even play the piano, but I've sold millions of dollars worth of them because I understood the benefits of what it was that I was selling and the quality and I'm a good salesperson and I, and I had to figure that out over time, but you know, and yeah, I play a couple things. I figure, I, I, I figure, I can, I can. I can play like three songs on about 10 different instruments. And, and then if I'm away from a guitar, it doesn't go too much further than that. But um, why did you have a request?
1: Well, I'm just thinking like, you know, we're talking about celebrating wins. I, w- I would have thought that would have been you're in a music store. I mean, there's got to be some like awesome music that plays. So
0: totally. Every time I would sell something there, uh, uh, you remember Showbiz Pizza? <laughs> the rock yeah, fire, and rock, band rock comes of fire out. explosion. Yeah, I mean the curtains would open, and Billy Bob <laughs> was going back and forth, and you know, they, see, I mean, yeah, they I played, knew there was something. They to this. All kinds of stuff. I knew it. Yeah, yeah. it was yep. always drops of Jupiter by train. <laughs> that was always the. That was the. Okay. Unfortunately. now we and figured it out. The point where I I got to the point where I didn't want to sell stuff because I just didn't want to hear that song. <laughs> but no, but but selling. Look, this is this is this is important because. You know, because if you're product centric and you haven't launched anything, like you really don't know what you're doing or how to handle it or deal with it. So, I think one of you know, I one of the most unlooked, overlooked scenarios to consider is most people in businesses. We've talked a lot about, hey, don't run out of money, don't hang on to it too long, don't do this, don't do that. Those are how to what how to either prevent or what to do when the sky is falling. What happens when everything goes well? Are you prepared to handle that? Because you can grow out of business faster than you can go out of business in some regards. Like, you can fucking blow it all up. You can make all of your customers so that,
1: unhappy and they
0: all cancel. Done. You don't support them. Reputation tarnished. People pissed off. Depending on what you're doing, like, that occurring could just end the business. because. Yeah. Especially if you're niche, there's oftentimes no coming back on that. So when it comes to just selling, you like sell anything and like you, there's some, okay, let's talk about Sam Walton and Walmart. Dude, he wasn't selling anything new. He wasn't even selling a product they made. They were just trying to do it better, faster, or cheaper. And they had to get a whole process with that. Now, businesses like Walmart or especially Amazon, they don't do well or make money if they don't have that process stupidly refined. Like yeah. I'm talking like exact stuff. So it's just easier to do it when you have reps, just reps, man. And so sell something. So yeah. All right. So what are some obstacles you've run into in the different businesses where you've brought things to market? Like what are what are some of the things that that it's fair to warn people they're going to climb over or have to walk around? The biggest challenge is usually the
1: go-to-market strategy, right? I mean, smart people can build a product that solves a problem and and hopefully you can differentiate yourself and all that, right? But the hardest part becomes the go-to-market strategy. How do we actually sell this thing? How do we find people that care? I mean, we're not going to sell everyone we talk to, right? It's a numbers game. We get that. But how do we get in front of the people? How do we find who our target audience is? And then how do we refine it down to a small enough audience? So. I'll tell you a couple of stories. So in the Vin solutions days, it was easy. We knew who our customers were. They were frigging car dealers. And when you call them, what do they do? They answer the phone. <laughs> you can get them on the phone and you can tell them like, I've got something that's going to blow your mind. It's going to help you sell more cars. I just want 10 minutes of your time next week for a demo. Right. And a lot of times they would say, yes, it was easy, but trying to sell stuff to software developers at StackFi, holy shit, they don't have phones. They don't answer the phone. It's a whole different go-to-market strategy, right? And so the the key is you have to understand who your audience is and how to reach them. And it is very, very different from one to another. And that's one of the most important things about your business. Like The product you create is one thing, but as we talk about, execution is always the key, right? And so much about execution is about the go-to-market strategy and the delivery of the product.
0: Yeah. And that, and that's, and still, that's all part of that sales process. And you don't, without reps, without reps, you don't get good at it. I mean, that's really the key ingredient and depending on what you're doing. So you look at like, I don't know, like a software as a service or a true tech company, like you need to get this refined to the point where you don't have, every time you get another hundred users, you don't have to hire another person. Right to get, to get around to that. And that's scalability defined right there. So, but you don't under, you don't see your own inefficiencies. If there's not enough stuff coming down the, the assembly line, you don't ever really see where it pauses or stacks up or log jams or any of that. And then the reps are just, that's how you respond to it. Like, uh, I, I, you will, if you hang out with me and talk to me about sales i'll say hey look i don't mind having to clean up a mess because we sold way too much stuff way too fast but at well, some point <laughs> but at some point though that doesn't that isn't sustainable cuz you have to figure out what happens afterward otherwise you're just living in a pile of your own trash well and and, and it becomes pretty shitty cuz your customer service your delivery all that other stuff are going to suck well, and when you're selling a
1: technology product, especially if it's at a lower price point, it's not an enterprise sale, the product has to sell itself, right? Like that's super critical to this. And you talk about learning from that. Think about something like Gigabook, right? It's one thing to drive people to the site and they sign up for it. The product has to sell itself. They have to figure out how to use it, how to get value out of it. All of those things are really important. And you've got to really focus on those things and make people make sure people get through that journey. And then hopefully when you try to call them or email them and actually get them to buy it, they actually have used it and had a good experience and we'll talk to you and we'll buy it and all those things. Right. And, and hopefully they just buy it and you don't have to talk to them. They put their credit card in, but so much about a technology product is the product has to sell itself. And you've got to figure out how to optimize that process and figure out where they're dropping off. And I know in the Giga book, you know, history of this, you found like, Oh, for certain types of clients, the configuration was too complicated and whatever. Right. And over time figured out like, okay, we can streamline this. We built a wizard. We automated this. Now they get to value quicker. Like those are things you don't figure out as you're going through the MVP until you start getting some reps. Like you said, you got to get people going through the process. You've got to talk to them, get their feedback, get them to say, Oh, well, no, it was easy to set up or I got a hung up here or all those things. Right. And you've got to, it's easy to, overlook that stuff. You just think like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm paying for marketing and people come to the site and only 1% buy and that's good. Well, a whole shitload of them are dying on the vine because they just don't understand how to use the product. And you got to stay focused on how to improve that
0: so and that's and and that's where getting to market sooner helps you refine that message as well because like you just mentioned say you get one percent of visitors to actually accomplish whatever it is you need to accomplish that could be a sign up a purchase or whatever it's quite possible that by getting to market sooner and understanding and refining that messaging the way all right so gigabook is a good example again so we uh when we first launched, we had a lot of people, they, they would get our, the software as a service in general was still early and it was young and people would look at $8 per user and they would think, oh, wow, is that, so is that $8 for every client that I have? And they're like, I have 500 clients, then that would be $4,000. And here's the thing. It's just because now that would be a little more, maybe a little more understandable now, but that this software as a service is still pretty young as a concept. I mean, when we started Gigabook, people were still, you were still getting disks to install Adobe or whatever the fuck, you know, and well, stuff and- like that. And, and well, well, so with that, we put a little calculator right up top. Want, want to know how much this costs? How many, how many service providers do you have? How many things do you want to take bookings for? And then it just showed them. And then like, and also, so we did a video and we did the calculator. The, we were getting like 10 to 15 inquiries a day about that. Yeah. And the moment we put those two things on there, we went weeks before anyone asked again.
1: And this is a perfect and example that, of the problem
0: very effective change. So with that, the same amount of traffic turned into a dramatically higher conversion rate. Yep. We didn't have to spend more money. We just had to get smarter about it. But, but, and then you when you look we back, market, yeah, yeah,
1: you look back and you're like, man, we were wasting a lot of marketing dollars and energy trying to sell this product because nobody was signing up for it because we needed to fix this one little thing in the, in the process. Right. And sometimes it can be as simple as a few words. Like you say, Oh, it's $8 a user. Well, that was confusing to them. Eight dollars per their users, who are their customers, or eight dollars per user of Gigabook who logs into Gigabook, right? So sometimes it's just terminology and little things that, when people are going through the your you know your lead your lead generation forms and your website, and your marketing materials and the product, sometimes it's the littlest tweaks, right, that make a big difference. And you got to get a little sciency on some of it early on to figure out how to improve that and figure out where you're leaking people out of the process.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and the thing is, is so, well, first off, no one wanted to reply to those tickets all day. That was, that was probably the first time where I really realized that that listening for the echo part of feedback and just like experience in general was so valuable. Cause the thing is, is like, if we hadn't addressed that, well, how many people weren't asking, (laughs) you know, that's the real question. Cause, cause realistically, when you get a con, when you get like, uh, and Matt, you built a whole business around solving this. So Stackify was a- application performance management or monitoring. And the, the whole concept was, is how many people click the button that doesn't work before one kind of person actually takes a moment to tell you it's not working? Because the thing is, is like, and the most heartbreaking thing about entrepreneurship is sometimes when you find those things out going, oh my God, first I've wasted off, so much money
1: going? for so long
0: how, I mean, like, wow, like, what? wow. And I mean, it could be big, it could be really big and that, but that's important. So, you know, I think another important thing we should probably throw out there is make it really easy to give feedback or get input or understand some of that. Like ask, like just ask, ask for the feedback, ask for the Mm -hmm. input and you know, there's, you'll find a lot of, look, you're going to get a lot more out of everything in life that you want. If you just ask for it, and there so. are some,
1: and we talk about, so product onboarding is really important. That's kind of what we're talking about. And there are tools that will do screen capture and recording and stuff you can use to like Hotjar and like uh, Lucky Orange and all these different things. You can install them on your website. They're really cheap and they'll record the screens and you can see where people click and where they mouse over and see where like, oh, they get this, a certain stage and they all drop off or whatever. And um, those things can be really helpful.
0: So also in the term of getting to market faster, like, look, this still goes back to last, last week's episode about the, you know, be, take my advice and be great at like one or two things and then go to market with them, see what happens. Right. Like that's going to like, not fucking around by trying to build what you want in 10 years now is like seriously the way to do it. Like, and, and you know, the, I think that as the world progresses and moves forward, the world is a lot more understanding and 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 awesome about, hey, this is new. We want your feedback. like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? just like just like it's in say, beta. Like I get it. it. Don't try to fake it in some regards, like because people are gonna know they're gonna know. I mean the world's it's a smart world and 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 honestly, know, that's so where you it. get some I of
1: your it. biggest raving fans right I don't know about you, but I've used products before, and I'm like, man, you so perfectly solved this problem. There's a lot of hair on this thing. It's got problems. And I become like their biggest fan and their biggest critic. Like I'm constantly telling them like, you guys need to do this. You need to fix this. You need to fix this. You need to do this. But those are the kind of customers you want early on that really help drive the product forward that become raving fans right and a lot of of times those raving fans are also the biggest pains in the ass but that's okay yes because they care and they provide all the feedback right and there's been a couple times i've used products i'm like oh my gosh this really solves a problem that i really am passionate about and then i'm like pushing them to like do better like i'm you know a cheerleader for them right and and if you can find those people they are worth gold
0: yeah, well, it's as you were mentioning that I was thinking back to when we launched Gigabook because, uh, you know, we didn't have the support and a lot of that stuff just wasn't as refined. And we had like, there's probably about 10 of our first users and I remember us being at the office and being like, God, this lady is such a pain in the ass. Those they're all still users. They all still they're all still paying customers we actually had one lady one lady that we gave a we what we called the golden ticket was, was like a lifetime free because she was actually our first paid user and I reached out and I was like hey I understand there's a there's a lot of warts on this frog right now but talk yeah. to me and let's see what's up and we she gave so much feedback and was so patient with our inadequacy that later I was like you know we need to just give that lady a free lifetime pass because her telling us uh, just little things. And that was that communication. And look, you need to be humble about it. You need to yeah. be like, you be need really to, thankful. Like do not argue with your feedback, the people that give feedback, like thank them, appreciate it. I mean, let and, them and, tell and, you your baby's and
1: ugly and take it.
0: <laughs> you tell them take not it. only uh, thank you for, and you know what? Thank you for the feedback on how ugly my baby is. In fact, I want to get this right. I wasn't planning on having another baby, but I'm going to now to show you that I can get it right. Like that is, that is bit, that's the thing is like, you know, so don't be combative with it and let people tell you about it. Now, here's another thing. So, all right. So this isn't, this next approach isn't going to work it, that, that well or, or be sustainable if you sell a physical product that you have to manufacture. Now, really in the end on some, on many days, software is vapor in the in the in the e-space the cloud and whatever um you want to get people to adopt your product and use it and give you the most feedback in the earliest stages give it away give it away for free i mean i i i had a there was a moment i i, I got outvoted i wanted to give gigabook away for a year i we were at the beginning of a year and i wanted to put a clock on the home page that said this is free through the end of the year. So the sooner you sign up, the, the sooner you'll be. And I, and I got talked out of it. And I wish I hadn't because so many people would have signed up. We would have had a core. Now, when it came time to pay, yeah, we would have lost a lot of those users. But we also would have had a very, very, very strong understanding. We would have had our heels buried in the sand and knew what we were going. But if you can afford it, give it away. Because the objection of having to pay, well, if you don't have something worth paying for, People aren't going to pay for it.
1: When you're, when you're starting out, it's a great way to just get adoption and get feedback. At some point in time, you may have to cut that off or figure out your, you know, your, yeah. your product strategy. One thing I will mention, though, is the people who pay nothing or, or pay almost nothing are also the biggest pain in the asses in biggest the world. Pain in the ass. <laughs> yep. But when you're first starting out, you need to be thankful that anybody gives a shit about your little product right. that you just launched. You just be thankful that anybody cares. Anybody will use it and provide feedback. And you've got to take that feedback and figure out how to improve and and get it to scale. Right. And it could be like, hey, at least we have people using it. And now I can see if it performs very well. They're getting errors in the software, like we're we're improving things in the back end. Like you're just thankful you got people using it to some degree, right?
0: Yep. And and that's that getting that's still getting to market, is getting people yeah. in there. Now look. Look, uh, the easiest sales to make are, are referrals from your own evangelists or people that like your products. So that's another, that's another key component about just getting it out there, like just getting people using it, getting them talking about it. Now, also one thing to consider that can help you get a boost. So I'm a big advocate of if you're going to give away something for free, you can still ask for something in return. So if you want to get out to market and you're you maybe you're hesitant about that or you want to really justify it, say, Hey, look, this is free for X amount of time if you tell five people about it or something like that. There are viral boosts and ways to nudge your usership forward yep. that can be really be mutually beneficial, especially in the beginning, because, you know, really in the end, if you don't have users at all or they're not adopting anything that you're doing you're not going to make it very far.
1: You know, we we talked about how we we do these topics and we're not sure we're going to have 40 minutes worth uh, uh, to get through. And now we're like 30 minutes in and we have not gotten through most
0: of our list. <laughs> it's typical. It's typical. It's kind of like getting to market, man. And, you know, and we decided to record a couple of these in a row. My earbuds even ran out of ran out of, of battery. Uh, and I, I joke about that because theoretically, they should certainly have enough battery to couple, a cover, cu- couple uh, cover a couple of episodes. Speaking of covering a couple episodes, Matt, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Now, look, I want to actually talk about that a little bit. So you're a young company, you got to decide about what you're going to focus on and what's important. So, like, you know, we're going to use full scale as an example here, but not for purposes of advertisement, for purposes of it just being useful. So full scale, we help we help people build teams of developers quickly and affordably. Now, the thing is, is is if you're an early stage company and you're in a race to get to market, there's companies like full scale that'll help you find vetted, talented people faster maybe even cheaper and deploy it quicker, which is going to help you get to market. These are other things too, like, for example, like like a payroll processor, like Gusto is a great example. So Gusto, it's like makes it quick and easy. You don't have to focus on that kind of stuff in your business. So you can focus on getting to market, Get get the MVP done, get it out to market, and then learn from it. As a business owner, you're going to find pretty quickly, if you haven't done it before, that there's a whole lot of shit that you're going to have to do or figure out how to do that gets in the way of all the stuff you really want to do. Like Matt, on, on most days as a business owner, what percentage of your day was populated by the things you wanted to do as opposed to the things you had to do?
1: Oh, maybe 10 or 20%. I it's, actually yeah, had about right. time to do really things I wanted to do. And, and honestly, a lot of times that might've been, or nine o'clock at night after my kids were in bed.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing It's so anything you can do to reduce that static or interference that gets around you. And, you know, like I use full scale as an example, there's a bunch of examples. There's just a bunch of things that you can, especially in the early stages that you can, you can offload like, uh, contractors, micro contractors, like Gusto is that good example. And they've been, a They've been a sponsor of the show before, but like you could spend a lot of time on payroll and stuff like that for like a tiny, tiny monthly charge. Someone else deals with that for you. And, you know, there's other things, too. And, you know, I think that we'd probably be remiss to not mention there's things like Stackify, like Matt, like how does how would Stackify help a software product get to market faster like where are the efficiencies that exist yeah finding
1: there? bugs and performance issues and problems in your code and and all that kind of stuff and and i, I think part of part of you know a good example of what you're talking about is like different different things where instead of you spending a lot of time to to like learn how to do something like bring in some expertise right like pay-per-click advertising or marketing or things like that. Like, instead of you trying to be an expert on pay-per-click advertising, go f- sign up for some, like, cheap service that does it for a couple hundred bucks a month and let them do that so you can go focus on, like, sales or something else, right? And spend a few dollars to save yourself time. And And I know early on, like, dollars may be really precious, but y- your time is, is really precious. So you got to figure out, like, you don't want to become the expert at, like, 10 different things because you're trying to save so much money like how to do payroll shit, like screw that sign up for a payroll service, right? Like instead of figuring out all the laws and how to collect taxes and like, like, Oh my God, that would be terrible. Just use those services to get you to market faster.
0: And, you know, I mean, another point with, with contractors or, you know, folks like that is like, well, at full scale, you don't have to onboard an employee. You may right. have to onboard a product or a project or a product. And another thing too, you don't have to spend money. Like all of our people have equipment. They yeah. have a support structure. Less capital like, cost up front. Yeah. And another thing too is like, if you have to go through the whole recruiting, hiring, vetting, Dude. assessment, are, do oh you even God. know how? Like, you like just described
1: you... my week uh, hiring people, man.
0: Well, I can I can help you find some solutions with that. Yeah. And that's true.
1: I mean, we're hiring lots of people all over the place, lots of things, and it's and hiring people sucks.
0: It's you know, the, the,
1: it's way easy to hit the easy button, and be like, full
0: scale, somebody start tomorrow. Like that's way better. I think you've hit that button before there so. a few times. You know, the the thing is, is you need to ask yourself as a as a business owner and really even even if you're not a business owner, if you're a leader in a company at all, is what I'm doing right now the best use of of my time when it comes to the company? Because it is just super duper easy to mess this stuff up and just to get off track. And another thing, too, is like, you know, what I find is is even just little blips, little things, little tiny distractions are still moving you away from that core thing you need to be doing. And that's a really dangerous thing because it piles up and it just pushes things. It, It keeps you out of market faster. I know that much.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: All right. So At the, the end of our getting to market sooner, and you know, we like to end episodes of uh, I like to end my episodes with a quick founder's freestyle. Uh, I say my episodes make sure you tune in on Tuesdays to join Andrew Morgans, the CEO and founder of Marknology, he talks all about e commerce and Amazon brand stuff, and the tune in on Thursdays for and uh, join Lauren Conaway, the founder of Innovate Her. And she tackles some really tough episodes. Now you're going to notice a slight change that starts on August 30th, because we're handing the show over to Melissa Benson of pipeline entrepreneurs for five straight days where she's going to talk with some of the fellows and, uh, The the men and women that are involved in one of our region's top entrepreneur mentoring programs. And also, hopefully you've been listening on Fridays and joining Heather Steppe, who is the C I man, it's funny. I believe the CMO. I should know that I really should know that, uh, the Casey hemp company, she's doing an eight part series about the canna business, which is a different twist. Uh, Heather is one of our cast, fellow cast members on startup hustle TV. So go over to the YouTube, go to the search box. Type that sounds box. really in- interesting to me. I, I think it is. Cause, and that's, it was me that pushed for, for that whole, that whole series. Cause, Cause it's just so, it's just so interesting how formative and my god, the one thing that Hustle so TV really taught me is what a pain in the ass it's got to be to be a, a cannabis entrepreneur cuz they like get kicked off of Facebook and Instagram or oh, can't yeah. like do credit card they've had the the bank they got a call from their bank one day that was like, "Hey, uh come pick up a check. We're closing your account." Like
1: shit. Just crazy, and,
0: and that's because we're in Kansas, not Colorado. But even those same problems exist for people, and it's, yeah, it's just very interesting. I think it's not often or regular that you get to uh, see and just like mega industries in that kind of infancy and adolescent state. It's very interesting, and uh, you know, we're going to be doing more guest host series. So reach out and let us know what you want to hear about. So Matt, I mean, when it comes to getting to market sooner, and what's your, what's your freestyle here at the end of today's episode? So one thing we haven't talked
1: about is, you know, about getting like your first customers and stuff. Right. And one thing I wanted to, to mention is just the power of networking. And when, when you're trying to find those first customers. One of the first things you can do is just network with everybody, you know, and the thing is, when you meet with people, you, you may know going into like, okay, they're not our target audience, but they know a lot of people, Like That's the thing. Like there, there's like five or six degrees of separation of all of us from each other. Right. And odds are somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that could be your customer. And the more you can just network with people, get the word out and say, hey, do you know somebody in this industry or whatever? And your brothers, uncles, cousins, daughters, whatever, you never know. And just network with people. And I guarantee you will find some early customers that could be good fans of yours.
0: And, and that's, you're getting to market when you go out to do that. Yeah. I mean, that is a version of it. And, you know, like the, I think when it comes to getting to market, I think one of the things you want to try to avoid, and I've been down this road before. So like when we were launching Gigabook at first, we were like, oh my God, anybody could use this. And then we sat down to, with the go-to-market strategy and the launch and we were like, oh shit, anybody could use this. Same words, completely different feeling. Yeah. So you need to try to like, there's a couple ways to do this. If you have a very industry or niche type product, like really try to, go with an aeroscope, try to point it exactly at who you think will buy. Or if you're not sure, you still need to do that, but take a number of them, like one, two, three, or four different groups. And just, it's literally that throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks kind of thing. Cause you really might surprise yourself. You might think that your target user is X when it is actually Y and there are and you also might find, and you know, so with those groupings, it's still okay to have like a general like, you know, like, hey, this is kind of aimed at a broader group, because and leave that in there as one of the samples, because you also may find that you get adoption from industries or user types that you didn't hadn't even considered. Now, I used the escape room version in the last episode talking about if we had pivoted Gigabook to do that, I'd probably uh, we'd be cashing really, really big checks. I didn't even know what an escape room was until I started getting a bunch of inquiries from people that owned it and didn't have a solution. So these are the things that sometimes, like as an entrepreneur, you, the, that give you the ability to be agile and agile is like be be ready i think the the last advice i have with this is like be open be ready to pivot be ready to change lanes cuz you never know where that opportunity is going to come up i guarantee you that there's a lot more of it than you have managed to consider at this point so i mean overall like that's that's important stuff and and then really in the end just do it do it launch it push are we there push yet send. push send are we there yet Yes. We are finally there yet. We're finally there, Matt. You can, you can pee, you can go, you can go potty now and I will give you, I'll give you a candy bar if you wash your hands. So I'll let you go ahead and do that. And I'm going to, I'm going to get ready to go launch something else and take something else to market. I'll see you next week, dude. See ya.